Welcome to Tripping Over the Barrel, a series that highlights the unique personalities within the oil and gas industry and the stories they have to share with your hosts and lead storytellers, Tilo and Dr. Funkenstein. And now, starting at Shooting Guard for Texas A&M University, Timmy Loser! Yeah, no. <laughs> have you been watching that Bulls that Bulls special? <laughs> oh, I have. Yeah, it's been been a lot of fun. I think I've got uh, the last one recorded, so no, uh, no spoilers. No, spoiler, no spoilers from things that happened nineteen ninety seven, ninety eight. No problem. Yeah, yeah. It's not like I don't know what happened to Michael Jordan in ninety eight, but still, they, no spoilers. They, they won. So, um, this is a, a fun episode. We had just finished our previous one, and we're we're talking about all right. Let's go check out and and uh, get into this weekend here. But we realized there's just way too much to talk about on the airports topic. I mean, just bringing up the single word airport, there's so many different things that we could talk about. Yeah. So, you know, in, in this industry and, you know, Jeremy and I are both on the sales side and that gives us the opportunity to travel, you know, all over the world in some crazy places and see some crazy things. And, you know, airports is, is the junction where it seems like a lot of just weird stuff can tend to happen. And, We've, we've had problems at airports. We've been to some crazy airports. We have our favorites. We have our least favorites. Anyway. But I mean, the airport that I fly out of all the time, see, I don't have options like you do in, in Houston where you could drive north or south <laughs> to go to a different airport. There's no other airports nearby. It's just Denver, which is the weirdest, most conspiracy filled airport in the country anyway. It's also one of the biggest. So I wonder if people even notice some of these ridiculously cryptic and archaic looking pieces of artwork and codes. Have, have you looked into this at all? I haven't looked into it. I mean, I know they got those little windmills in the tunnel that you kind of flip by and you got that weird Indian music going in certain areas of the airport. Yeah. I mean, just, just check out some of the artwork. Seriously. If you just type in Denver conspiracy theory, I hope that they're not, they're not going to censor this podcast now. Right. They're, they know what's going on, but I mean, the rumors, the rumors about that airport, like that there's a secret tunnel underground where the elite will go in case of nuclear warfare. I mean, all kinds of crazy well, stuff. You know, when, when, when that airport opened, you know, I, I remember I flew into Stapleton before, before DIA was even open. And, you know, the next time I flew in, I didn't even, I didn't even know they'd moved airports. I fly in and it's like, this looks different. But I started hearing stories of all the people that would show up at Stapleton. It, they just moved overnight. From Stapleton to DIA, it's, it's over, and <laughs> that's it. People go to the wrong airport all the time. So yeah, it's, it's, we have choices. Of course, I have gone to the wrong airport in Houston, thinking I was getting on a flight going somewhere too. So that's rough. I mean, I've heard that story a million times, but I I haven't done it. I think Dallas would be easy to do that. Houston, like San Francisco, Oakland. I mean, I'm not that stupid, so it doesn't happen to me. How did you do that, Tim? <laughs> what <laughs> you know. How did it's that just, happen? Well, you're, you, you're going to Midland, right? And you think, oh, I'm flying to Midland. I always go take the uh, Southwest special out of hobby going to Midland. And for whatever sure. reason, the someone booked me a flight out of Continental using United or at the time it was Continental. And so off you go to, off you go and you're standing at the gate going, uh, or at the check-in counter going, holy crap, this is the wrong airline. <laughs> I'm not on this flight. I mean, I think I've done that in the airport itself where I lose track and I stand in line for a flight that's going to Dallas, but it's Orlando and Dallas. And I'm like, oh crap, it's the other Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be going to Orlando first and missing all my meetings. 
Well, I'll tell you, you know, one thing that's infuriating about the Denver airport, I was flying in, I, I forget where I was going to, but, you know, there was a, it was a 40 minute, it was a United flight. So it's a hub at, there in Denver. It's a United flight. And I have a 40 minute layover to catch my connection. Was it, was well, it, it a, out, uh, was it one of those like tiny planes in the third world section part of the uh, airport, you know, like B97 or whatever? You fly the 737 United into, you know, one part of the airport and then you got to walk the entire length of the B terminal or whatever. It's like, four, it's like four miles. All the way to the other end. And then you go down a couple escalators to get to the the uh, the small plane to fly in or whatever, Albuquerque or wherever I was going. Anyway, we it takes 30 minutes. It takes 10 minutes to get off the plane, 20 minutes to walk that entire length. And by the time yeah. you get there, you've got seven minutes till flight. They've shut the door. So, You've also I mean, been running at altitude, so you're gassed. Yeah, it's impossible to get down there. And, you know, I, I complained and they didn't care. <laughs> no, that that is funny. I'm always I always hate that because I know when I'm flying out of out of Denver most of the time, right? I'm on the the big plane, but if I see B96, I'm like, damn it! Now I gotta go. It's always way too hot in the summer down there and way too cold in the winter. Yeah. It's like yeah. the, the heating system didn't extend that far, so forget it. You're basically just outside in the tarmac. Yeah. So anyway, so speaking of small planes, um, I was once in a airport in a town you've never heard of, of a million people, uh, Pekinbaru, Indonesia, tiny oh, airport. Oh yeah. Pekinbaru. Yeah, right. yeah. It's a garden spot. There's, you know, four or five airlines that fly into there, all of them really small. And this is a subject of another podcast later. I've missed my flight and oh, I'm, I'm, I'm panicked. I don't know what to do. So I'm going to, you know, I go and buy a ticket on this other airline and I'm waiting for it. I've got a three hour layover in this very, very small airport. Um, and you know, we're sitting there and I'm looking across the runway and I see a hangar and there are three F fives, you know, these are the Indonesian air force planes. And it's so this air, this, I mean, this airstrip doubles as an air force base. So they've got three planes over there and I'm just sitting there watching. There's nothing else going on, but I see some activity. I see the guys wandering around and, Somebody who's sitting next to me in English class says, Oh, those are the pilots. Oh, okay. Sitting there watching and it's the bloody pilot, mate. There's the bloody pilot, mate. Oh, yeah. So I look at them and they've they're starting to get into some Ford uh GT Mustangs. Yeah, why and, not? Oh, well, what are they doing? Well, it turns out they're bored. And so they just pull out on their Mustangs, two of them. <laughs> they pull out onto the runway and they're gonna drag race just up and down the <laughs> runway. You know, there there's flights, there's you know, flights in the pattern coming in. So they just Drive up and down the runway when the flights come in, they just pull off onto the sides. So I was like, you know, we're not in Denver anymore. No, no. I mean, I always, I always love it. it. It was such a shock to me. I think, I don't know. I, I think I was on vacation in Africa and I was flying to a, a small airport. And, you know, you get there, it's like a tourist center, right? The guy takes us, drops us off at the, um, at the reserve and then picks us up four days later walks us through, takes us all the way in, flies the plane. I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> really do it the bags, flies the yeah. plane. Yeah. We, this wasn't any special treatment. This was all commercial. Well, you know, this will surprise you. You don't have to be in Africa to get that kind of service. A mutual friend of ours, uh, Marsha, you know, we work together. I've got a flight out of uh, Roswell 
and she's got to fly down to Carlsbad. So the plan was, I'm going to go drop her off at Carlsbad. I'm going to drive up to Roswell. So we just we're, putzing our, around in New Mexico. Oh yeah. Yeah. Our client was in Artesia. So anyway, everybody knows, knows who the client is. If we say, Artesia. <laughs> anyway, I go to drop her off in Carlsbad and I'm going to kind of walk her in, make sure everything's okay. Cause it, it, it looks like abandoned and we're at the Carlsbad airport and look at the airline she's flying and there's nobody there. There's nobody at the desk. There's just a white phone and you walk up and there are instructions, pick up phone. <laughs> she picks up the phone and it's dialed somebody in Albuquerque and they just say, oh yeah, plane's on the way. It'll be there soon. Boom. That's it. <laughs> so the plane parks, people get off. The co-pilot gets out of the plane, walks over, checks her ticket, carries the bag, dumps it in and throws her on the plane. Gone. <laughs> it's like, nice. there was, it's holy cow. So anyway, she flies to Albuquerque and then flies back on to Denver. It's crazy. What are, what are some of the, the scariest airports you think like to fly into or take off from? I mean, for me, like as much as I love flying back to Boston, I just hate coming in over the water like that. It's a little right. bit like taking off out of LA, but it's just like oof. San Diego, I think a little bit because you're like right in the middle of the, the city. But uh, I'm curious what, what you've had as far as nightmare uh, nightmarish uh, locations. Well, you know, it's funny. I had one of I fly to Bakersfield a lot and I was flying into LAX and we were taking the, I was taking kind of the late night flight. It's supposed to land at midnight in Bakersfield. They put us on a plane. We fly up and it, it has nothing to do with the airport. I had, I did not know that in January in Bakersfield that the fog can be so horrific. Just, just didn't know. So uh-huh. anyway, we're, we're flying in and the, the pilot gets up and says, Oh, we got a little bit of fog over the Bakersfield airport. So we're going to circle it a few times and, and see if it'll clear up. Okay. Well, it didn't clear up. So we flew back to LAX and, you know, me being silly, I just grab a guy who was on the plane with me and said, Hey, let's, uh, let's rent a car and drive. It's only two hours. Okay. We drive and we come down. If you ever made this drive from LAX to uh, Bakersfield, you come down this little area called the grapevine. We come down the grapevine and we get to the bottom and there's this fog. It's so thick. It's called the Tula fog for the next two hours. It's just white knuckle driving. I have, Oh, it was the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was so thick that we could barely see, uh, you know, 20 feet, 10 feet in front of, of the car. And I hate that, you know, and, and all you can do is kind of put your wheels on the white line and hope you stay and hope that the white line is in the right place. (laughs) I hate that. Does it yeah. eventually lift or is it like a 24 hour fuck? Well, you know, I eventually get to the hotel and, you know, go to sleep and I get up in the morning and it's foggy. It's not as bad, but man, uh, you know, it, it was scary. But anyway, you know, so it's not the airport story, but yeah, that I have learned. I don't, I don't plan to fly into Bakersfield. I check the fog reports now. I'm not, I'm not going to fly in there and, you know, and do that, go through that again. It was absolutely scary. Right. I've, I've heard, uh, about, I think it's Charleston, West Virginia is scary. That's like kind of like carved out on top of a rock. I have never been there personally. What? Um, Farmington, New Mexico. You're like, you're, you're looking and you, you, you think you're about a thousand feet. You're looking down out of the, out of the, uh, air, the window. Look, you got a thousand feet. Oh, we're not going to land for another good five minutes. we got a long way to go down. And then suddenly, <laughs> There's the plane. There's the, the ground is right there. So the, the airport's right up on top of the Mesa and you just boom, 
you're just right there. It's, it just came out of nowhere. That was scary. Yeah, there's a few of those. I think Telluride, I, I've heard is like that too. Like so small that you need like a helicopter yeah. or something to land it. But uh, yeah, I, it's funny too, because like I, I have traveled a lot historically. I think the number I like to use when I say I've been in oil and gas for a dozen years, I think I've been to Houston about a hundred times, right? Dallas, maybe half of that. Not totally inaccurate for someone based in Denver who does oil and gas, you know, software stuff. Uh, but for me, it's it's sort of like, you know, I miss the the travel a little bit right now, but I don't miss the conversations with people who are like, you know, how you been? I'm like, yeah, I've been traveling. You know, it's uh, it's been it's been rough. You know, my my flight was canceled the other night and had to find a hotel late night in, in Tulsa, and the, the response is like. Well, I mean, you travel a lot, so you're used to it. I was like, no, no dude, I, I, no. I hate it more because I travel. I want to be in my own fucking bed. Yeah, it's funny. I've, I've learned a few things about, you know, getting stuck in airports. It's one of the last things I ever want to do. Spending the night in the airport is the last thing I want to do. But, you know, going, I've learned you don't want to be a DFW or love during thunderstorm season and oh. you don't book the last flight. That's where all crap just winds up. Everybody gets fun on that last flight. And you're, and it being from Houston, you're close enough to home and you don't want to be stuck in an airport or another hotel night. It's like, yeah, do I rent a car and drive or do we just stick this thing out? So I, I don't even, I don't even bother uh, with the airport at DFW or Love in the evenings during that time of year. There's just no point. Yeah, it does. That is one of the spots that I've always had issues with flying out in May at a NAPAC on that Friday. It's like that, that flight's like 75% chance going to get, going to get delayed or pushed somehow either the wind shear, right. Or the, um, the tornadoes, right. I mean, it's, yeah, that's crazy. You know, but getting stuck in airports, even the good ones, even the fabulous airports, like, uh, the Dubai international airport, it's fantastic. It's, you know, it's fantastic spending when you're jet lagged, and you're laying over and you've got a 17 hour stay or eight hour stay, there is nothing about it. no airport is good enough to make oh. you want to be there. But I'm going to tell you, it is a, it is a fabulous airport. What about in this country? What do you, which ones do you like? What are some of your favorites? If you have well, to just, go travel somewhere, it's not like you look forward to it. You know, yeah. But despite, despite your, uh, your thing, I, I think the DIA is kind of neat to be in. I mean, Oh, you know, it's a beautiful airport. It's just, Fucking Great. crazy. Yeah. Views out the window. And for a guy from Houston, seeing snow come down every once in a while, it's kind of cool, right? You know, and, um, you know, I, I, Houston, the Houston airport is decrepit, um, near as I can tell. So I'm not, you know, I've never. I, I mean, I hobby, sort of, hobby is disgusting. Like the, those bathrooms, I guess that, that new part of hobby is pretty, pretty nice. There's a, a there's like a, I think a Popsitos over there. It's like yeah. the cl new clean section. You hope that you get that on your like eight, five or eight, five yeah. instead of going to well, the I back. Mean, they're, they're trying hard and they have made a lot of improvements, but you know, flying out of Houston, there's, if you're inside security or outside security is even worse, there's nothing going on. There's nothing to go distract you or do anything. If you're waiting on somebody, you're just, there's nothing to go do, but um, yeah, good airports. I really do like Denver. Um, you know, I think uh, Pittsburgh's airport's pretty nice. Well, they built that as like a mall, right? They, yeah. they built that at a, at a point, I think before there were the, the security measures in place before 2001. So 
they built it with the hope that people would come out there, park their car and like spend the day at the airport mall. And now it's restricted to only people that are coming through when those stores are open. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, again, I, I, I just look, all airports start looking the same. Um, you know, Tulsa, I remember, man, I love Tulsa. It's, I, I have to fly there for work, right? Probably when we get back to flying again, probably a half dozen times over the next, over the next year, at least once a quarter. And it's just so easy. I've never had to wait more than like three minutes to go through security. Everybody's friendly down there. You know, yeah, there's some decent food options. I dig it. Yeah. Man, it's a great place. And I, you know, and you can see the tornadoes from a mile away. <laughs> Just got to avoid them. But also something to be said too, for like being able to sit downtown, right? Finish your lunch. Um, like for example, in Tulsa, right? I've actually been at the the Prairie Brewing Company right in downtown Tulsa and finished my beer, paid my tab, got in the Uber 12 minutes later. I'm at the airport three minutes later through security. I mean, you can't beat that. It was kind of like Midland, you know, the the airport when you're in Midland feels so far away, but when you're used to Houston or Denver, <laughs> you know, uh, where no, the, the, the airport's right there. It's only an hour away. And in, in, in Midland, it's like you plan for your, all right, I got to be at the airport an hour early. And so I need to plan. So you wind up and I invariably get to the Midland airport to fly home an hour and a half before I even need to be there just because I, it's accidental. I've got to it's just program yeah. myself that you don't need to do that. Yeah. Same with Tulsa. Oh, for sure. And we, we used to talk about this too is is that when we when we traveled together, you'd be like, "Oh, you already got your airport walk on." It's like there's a certain yeah, time stride. that there's you decide stride. you hit your stride, you hit your airport walk, right? It's yeah, like, "Oh, you you already have yours." I'm like, "I guess I'm feeling a little bit rushed." Yeah, well, you you get in there and it's like, okay, everyone else is moving really fast. I think I need to be. It's like it's like being a pedestrian in New York City. Man, everybody is moving really really fast. Surely not everybody's in this big a hurry. I guess I better walk faster. <laughs> oh my god. Man, when, when Obama, I was traveling a lot. And when Obama was coming out here, he loved coming to Colorado and it would just, the airport would just get completely nuts. Right. Yeah. And, and I had a routine, right? If I could cut it relatively close, if I leave it exactly this time, I won't be able to do this. I will be able to eat if I get there at this time. And, and there were numerous times where it's like, oh, well, the president flew in. I'm like, I'm going to miss a flight. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's rare that I miss a flight because it does make, I do get real nervous about it, but man, but you know, getting stuck in those airports is something crazy. Um, you know, and then of course you hear things about airports and you think, Oh, I'm, I can't wait to fly into that one. You know, do you know that there's a, a casino in the airport in Amsterdam? That's nice. Yeah. So I said, Oh shoot, I can't wait to go do that. And so I, I go, I'm going to go spend an hour in the casino and I head in there and it's, you know, it's three tables, you know, it's a, it's a roulette table and a blackjack table. And that's pretty much it. It's like, Oh, well, I guess that's really not a casino, but they'll take your money just the same. And, you know, I hear, uh, trying to get the really good airports that you've heard all these great things about and you get in there. That's ah, a little, it's still an airport. Yeah. It's still just an airport. Yeah. You know? Uh, but as long as it's not like the Newark airport, then we're, then we're good. Oh, well. <laughs> Yeah, Newark in that Newark on any afternoon. Oh my goodness, it's just. Uh, I mean, the, the last time I was there, we have family on the East Coast, and and uh, we fly to Newark because, in theory, if you have family that lives in New Jersey, it would be it would make more sense. But in addition to it being the usual shit show, it was. I think it was a holiday weekend, and they had a 
all of the bags were only coming out of two of the terminals, right? So here I am like trudging my kid's shit, right? I got my laptop bag, all my stuff. And I'm like seven people deep. Like people are jostling for a position from the Chicago flight, from the Miami flight. I mean, that place is an absolute disaster. Maybe they've had time to get their act together. Yeah, uh, well, I'll tell you, it's been I mean, slower. And going through airports in the transition after 9-11 was crazy. Just navigating the security lines and figuring out how that was going to work. And, you know, we didn't have TSA yet. You still had the old airport security guys. Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's, a uh, it, it, you know, it's, it seems glamorous. When we talk to our friends who are not in the business, who don't travel a lot and you say, Oh, Hey, get to go to Denver or Midland. And oh, that must be great to be able to go do that. It's like, well, no, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it, it is and it isn't. You love going to seeing the clients and you like the, all that, but you know, the travel does get to you, you know, periodically. And, um, you know, so it, it's, it, it's difficult, but you know, the other thing is kind of funny is people say, Hey, do you travel a lot? Well, I don't think so. And you tell somebody, you know, maybe twice a month and, <laughs> yeah. and you, you forget you're talking to someone who doesn't travel at all. And exactly. it's like, Oh, that's a lot. Well, okay. Well, I know guys like, you know, that travel three times a week. That's what I think a lot is. So, yeah, I had a few be- of those. I, I mean, I think it, at least as far as my career path has gone, after doing that for a few years, after traveling like that, it's definitely been a priority for me to have something where I know I don't have to travel that much. Like I want to be able to fly, but I don't necessarily want to have to fly every single week. Oh yeah. Now, th- there are perks, of course, with just earning tons of miles, right? I mean, paying for vacations or paying for trips to weddings or hotels or whatever it is, the points can really add up if you are traveling a lot. But it does take a toll physically, mentally. And I think you just eventually hit a wall. Like I, I feel like I did that for a couple of years. I traveled almost once a week for maybe two years and nobody was telling me to do it. I was just sort of on that treadmill of traveling all the time. Yeah. And I just started to, you know, gained a bunch of weight, but my you know, body just started to itch. I wasn't as healthy and basically decided I need to not travel for a while. Right. So balance is key. Yeah. I, yeah balance is a key. And I, I heck, maybe this COVID thing is going to wind up bringing that balance to us. I mean, there's a lot, all of our clients are getting used to conference calls and zoom meetings and team meetings and all that. So you know, hell, maybe it'll fix itself here in a little while. Yeah. I think it'll, it'll change things, but you know, that personal touch is going to be important, particularly for some of the larger um, enterprise business deals, right? I think that in some ways people are waiting to to do those in person. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I tell you. Yeah, me too. Anyways, yeah, do look forward to seeing you in person at some point, Tim. Yeah. Uh, with that, we will uh, wrap this up today. Really enjoyed talking about airports. Could probably talk about it for another 25 minutes, but we'll just end it there. Thank you, guys.